Well, hello and welcome to Open Life once again. My name is Jaden. I'm one of the pastors here at Open Life. Uh, I want to give a huge shout out to all of our fathers and dads who are watching today. Just thanks for joining with us. Uh, make sure you, you know, say happy Father's Day to your dad, whether it's through a phone call, text, message, whatever it is. Um, we just really want to honor our fathers today and also like be um, just vulnerable and acknowledge that there's many people who probably maybe today's not the easiest day. Maybe they don't have a good relationship that's healthy with their father. Maybe people are trying to have kids and they're just not able to, you know, find fatherhood as a part of their life. And so we just want to acknowledge that. And uh, as well, like, let's also take it a step farther in the family of believers like we have fatherly figures spiritual fathers and people that have really maybe stood in the gap for you to be a father and figure in your life so make sure you shoot a note to them and say thanks as well and so thank you for joining us this is the final message of our established series and there's not so much a specific point or concept we're trying to get across but really we're looking in summary of everything that we've walked through over the last Last, uh, seven weeks to now this being the eighth week on what we can do with all the things that we've talked about as far as establishing our faith in Christ. And so let's jump in today. Psalm 37, 23, we've read it every single week. It says, the steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. And so this whole series has been an invitation for us to look and understand how we relate to God in so many different areas of our lives and then examine if we are really actually delighting in him because it's only then that we know that we'll be walking according to his plan. And, and so whether you've been with us for this whole series, like you've watched the last seven weeks, or you've been watching them in person or online, or maybe this is the first message that you're hearing, that's okay because like we're gonna summarize everything as well as like you'll get a good sense of where we're at and the heart behind what we've been talking about and what we can kind of see in the future of open life. And so to help us illustrate what we're talking about today, we're going to look at a parable in Luke chapter eight, in which Jesus is teaching his followers, his disciples and a group of women uh, about the kingdom of God. And so we also find this parable in Matthew 13, as well as in Mark chapter four, but it's in Luke where it comes right after um, just like this uh, statement where Jesus is walking around from town to town with his disciples and the group of women that were actually helping to support him and the disciples. And so let's jump into Luke 8 and we're looking at verses 4 through 15 today. Uh, it says this, it says, One day Jesus told a story in the form of a parable to a large crowd that had gathered from many towns to hear him. And this is the, the parable. It says, a farmer went out to plant his seed. As he scattered it across his field, some seed fell on a footpath where it was stepped on and the birds ate it. Other seed fell among rocks. It began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died for lack of moisture. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up with it and choked out the tender plants. Still other seed fell on fertile soil. This seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as had been planted. When he had said this, he called out, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. 
His disciples asked him what this parable meant. He replied, you are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of God, but I use parables to teach the others so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. And the scripture is this, when they look, they won't really see. When they hear, they won't understand. And so then Jesus goes on uh, to kind of explain the parable, but just listen to like what this like concept of hearing kind of plays through. He explains the parable and says, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is God's word. The seeds that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. The seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy, but since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while, then they fall away when they face temptation. The seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life, and so they never grow into maturity. And the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. And so today, like we're going to be looking at how the conditions of our heart and really, as Jesus says, our soil affect the way that we hear his message. Luke really is explaining this story in a way that the point of this parable is for us to understand our responsibility in hearing the message. And, and it's not so much we need to be worried about the way other people are hearing it, but like it's a way for us to self-reflect and like how am I hearing the message of Jesus? And so our big idea today is that our ability to hear is connected to the condition of our heart. And Jesus connects the soil to our heart condition. He says, honest, good-hearted people are those that hear the word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. Now, I'm not a medical expert. I'm no doctor, but I was pleased to find out when I did a quick Google search that our physical hearts, like the heart pumping in my chest right now, does indeed affect the way that I hear. If I'm having issues with circulation, that can easily affect our inner ear organs and cause hearing damage. So the same thing happens to us spiritually. The way that we tend to our heart and our soul will affect the way that we hear. And by that, I mean understand the gospel, the good news of Jesus. And so in this series, we've really been looking at just that, like really this heart and soul care that we've been looking at, uh, asking ourselves, are we rooted and established in Christ and is he what's most important in our lives? And so we've looked at seven different themes of how we can really attend to the health of our heart. And then, uh, or as Jesus explained it in the parable, how we are letting the seed of God's word, his message, the good news of the gospel take root in the good soil that is being established in our lives. So as a quick summary, in week one, we talked about how we need to be before we do. 
we are human beings, not human doings. You are a person, not an it. The second week, we looked at the need to follow the crucified Jesus, not the success-driven, not the consumer-driven Jesus that so many want to put their trust in, but how do we follow the crucified Jesus that resurrected three days later and ascended into heaven so we might have power in him? With third week, we looked at the reality of limits in our lives and that there's some limits that we actually need to accept. Like I can't be everything to everyone, but there are other limits that we need to push through and how Jesus helps us decide those things. The fourth week we saw how that as hard as it may be, there may be gifts and there are treasures that can be found when we experience moments of loss and the grief that follows. Uh, fifth week, we looked at our love for others being the measure of spiritual maturity, that if we just love God, but we don't love others, then we are actually not spiritually mature. The, and then in recent weeks, we've been looking more at the role of our past and how it's important for us to acknowledge our hurts and brokenness from our past and let God break those things, but also let him use them for his glory in our future. And then finally, last week, we really unpacked what it means to be vulnerable and open and honest, both with God, but also with others. And so as I list off all those thoughts and ideas, can you hear and understand like how those ideas might affect the quality of the soil that is my heart and how I hear and interpret the message of Jesus and how I live that out day by day in my life? Jesus in his parable explanation said that things such as temptations, the cares of life, the riches that we pursue, the pleasures that we are like attracted to and that our hearts sometimes groan for are things that affect the quality of the soil that in turn receives the seed that he wants for us. And so those things can create rocky soil or thorny soil that make us wither and even choke out the message of Jesus that wants to root inside of our hearts. So of course, when someone first listens to the message of Jesus and chooses to believe, there's going to be this uh, feeling or sense of uncertainty, like it's just in the beginning stages. So, but like, I'm not trying to like disregard that, but like when we are put our faith in Christ, it's time for us to believe. But after that initial like moment, how as we a follower of Jesus, are we choosing to do that heart and soil care to make sure that Jesus is able to root inside of our lives. And, and so in response um, to this series, establishing ourselves in Jesus and working on the soil of our lives, I just have a couple takeaways for us to look at so that we can really kind of think about this and how we live our lives. And so first thought one is that hearing is a is continual. It's not just a one-time event. Hearing is a continual process that happens where we hear the message of Jesus. It's not just a one-time thing. So I think that we're tempted to think about our relationship with Jesus in a really linear way where we assume growth because we accepted Jesus however long ago that might have been. But since that was in the past, automatically I should be growing. And so, you know, like I accepted Jesus like uh, almost 30 years ago. So it'd be tempting for me to think that just because I, I've been a Christian for so long and a follower of Jesus for so long, that that means I'm mature in my faith. 
But Jesus said that those who are honest and good-hearted, they cling to God's word. So that's like, that's hearing, like we're hearing it and clinging to it. And so the question is, am I a one-year-old follower of Jesus who has been following Jesus for almost 30 years? Or am I a follower of Jesus who has the maturity of someone who's been following Jesus for 30 years? So that's like oh, a good question to ask. And like to help explain, I have this ribbon here. And so I think sometimes like what happens is we look linear. And so like there's this moment where we choose to follow Jesus. And then as we go along the line, we just grow and grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. And we look at it as a line that's just straight across. And so what's important for us to understand is that there's this process of renewal that needs to happen on a day by day basis. That there's this opportunity for us to really look to God on a daily basis and ask for just like renewal in our hearts so that we can hear the message with fresh ears. So that even though we've been following God for this long, it's as if we have these moments where we're right at the beginning. And so it's almost like this compression of the timeline where we can just say, you know what, I'm choosing to hear this in fresh ears, even though I know I have like a long, long, longevity or purpose in how I've been following Jesus. And so this also plays a role in how we interact with new believers, because it's tempting to be afraid that because someone is right at the beginning of their walk with Jesus, that there's, they can no longer relate to someone that's been following Jesus this long. But if we do the work of just daily renewal and just a pursuit of just freshness and the like streams of living water, like we're just talking about, we're continually going back to the source that we all get to be a part of. So hopefully that helps. But to help like bring out some scripture, let's read Lamentations 3, 22 through 23. It says, the faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. That should give us hope when we're along the line that we can continually go back because his mercies are fresh and new every morning. And so even when we're going through those low moments, we can know that God is just bringing renewal to us and we can trust in him. Psalm 1, 1 through 3, the first psalm. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do. So like there's this idea of we plant ourselves next to the source and we don't just go on autopilot along our timeline, but we continually go back to our first love planted along the riverbank so our leaves are never going to wither and we're able to prosper because we're continually being renewed in God on a daily basis. So the next thought that we can look at as we're looking at these, these ideas and concepts is that corrupted soil produces corrupted fruit. And so I hope you can see how the condition of your heart might possibly affect how we hear and respond 
to the good news of Jesus, but also then over time, how the fruit that we possess could be corrupted if we don't have like good soil that that fruit is growing from. And so really practical way you can look at this is I have a garden in my backyard. I've had it for three years. I went to Costco and bought an elevated raised bed that has a, you know, a compost pile in the middle. It's really big. I spent way too much money on all the dirt to fill it up. And so uh, the first year was great. I grew some like green onions and some cucumbers and just like, it was so fun. Last year it hit though in COVID and I just wasn't having it. The gardening just fell by the wayside. So at the end of the season, quickly, grass was everywhere. And so then as I started this year, I had to, you know, gut the garden, put a bunch of new dirt in there, try and get all the grass out of it. But I'm worried because I've been planting stuff and there's still grass popping out and I feel like it's getting choked out. The quality of the soil, because they didn't attend to it in the, over the last year, is in a really dire place right now. And I'm really worried about the fruit that's going to come out of the garden this season. And so it's the same thing. Like Eugene Peterson, he, he wrote the message paraphrase. And so when he's talking about Jesus' explanation of the parable, this is the way he explains it in more modern day terms. He says, the seeds in the gravel are those who hear with enthusiasm, but the enthusiasm doesn't go very deep. It's only another fad. And the moment there's trouble, it's gone. He also, in the next verse, for verse 14, he says, the seed that fell in the weeds, well, these are the ones who hear, but then the seed is crowded out and nothing comes of it as they go about their lives, worrying about tomorrow, making money and having fun. And so looking about, looking at some of the things that we've hit on in this series are really addressing the ways that we need to root out the rocks and root out the weeds in our lives because those things are trying to choke out, wither, and not allow us to put deep roots into our lives. So let the seed of the message of Jesus take deep roots in our lives. And so just a few things like, you know, if we're going to base our faith on the works that we accomplish and not in just being a child of God and just resting in him, that is going to create a soil that distorts the fruit of our lives. If we're going to mix the message of Christ crucified with the cultural fads of our day that could be based on politics or our beliefs about certain things that aren't rooted in scripture, that is going to create a toxic soil that creates toxic fruit. And it might look good in the moment, but years down the line, be ready. If we're not able to find treasures buried in grief and loss, those moments of grief and loss can become like cancers in the soil and ultimately in our hearts as we interact with God. If we're not able to offer those things to him and ask him to walk with us through those things, if we're not able to look at our past and know the weaknesses that we have and even break through some of those things that have just been plaguing us, that is going to create toxic soil that we might see fruit that comes out of it, but unless we address those things, our fruit could be corrupted. And then even like if we're never truly open and vulnerable with our lives, with others and with God, that just puts a cap over the soil. And I just worry that sometimes there's all this festering going on of just these weeds and rocks that are just in there. And it's never letting the message completely like penetrate our hearts. 
and take deep root in our soil. And so this whole series has been asking the question, how is your soil? Are there areas in your heart that have been corrupted that are producing corrupted fruit in your life? Paul, when he's writing to the Colossians, he writes after like encouraging them about a sister church and how he really just wants to be with them and knows that he hasn't. He's um, really warning them to not be deceived by well-crafted arguments. And so he continues on kind of along those lines in chapter two. And so I want to read verses six through 10 of Colossians two. And so he, he goes on and says, and now just as you accepted Christ Jesus as, as your Lord, you must continue to follow him again. Like even what we looked at and the first thought is not a one hearing is not just a one-time event. It's an ongoing process of following Jesus. He goes on and says, let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. Don't let anyone capture you with, I love the way he phrases this and the way it's translated. It says empty philosophies and high sounding nonsense that come from human thinking and from the spiritual powers of this world rather than from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you like you as followers of Jesus, those who've chosen to follow him are complete through your union with Christ who is the head over every ruler and authority. Paul is explaining that if we let our faith grow down deep into Christ, we are going to be ready for the onslaughts that are going to come. Like we have power through Jesus over every ruling authority that might try and hinder our relationship with Christ. And so some of this bears repeating. He says, let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Have we done the work of letting those roots grow down deep inside of us so that we can build our lives on Christ? We are complete through our union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. And so in many ways, Paul is providing application for what we've been looking at, at in this parable of Jesus. If we let the word of God into our lives and let it take root and continually follow him and make that a process of our lives, we're actually in the process of soil renewal where our union with Christ begins to protect us against the weeds and the rocks. Like there's a sifting that goes on when we submit our lives to Jesus, where he's like, give me these rocks and we'll cast them to the side. I'm going to root out these weeds that are trying to choke out your faith if we put our faith and trust in him. John 15, Jesus says this. He says, remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from Christ, we're not going to produce fruit. And if we are producing fruit and we're not connected to Christ, it's not a fruit that is going to be anything along the lines of what God wants to produce in his church. And so 
if we do create fruit, it's gonna be more like the cha-cha-chia kind of fruit. Like just slather it on and it's gonna come up quick. It's the kind that comes from rocky soil. It's quick joy and it's withering. Or it's from the weedy soil where it's worry induced and it's choked out. And not the mustard seed kind of fruit that Jesus talks about in Matthew 13. After this parable in Matthew, he talks about how the roots grow down deep and that the kingdom of God is going to grow and that's going to produce trees where birds are going to come and perch into it. But it starts from the littlest of seeds. And so the question for us to consider today is how is your soil? Like, how is your soil? How, like, if you were just to say, my heart is in what condition, how would you answer that? Is it rocky? Is it full of weeds because you're worried about so much that's going on right now? Or have you done the work to really push those things out so that there's good soil for God to root in? That's where you're putting your trust and you're building your life on. You know, for the past eight weeks, a group of about 19 people have been walking through this curriculum. It's called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. And so we've been doing really some hard work of discipleship and of being in the word and of, you know, spending intentional time with Jesus on a day by day basis. And so just a little bit of a revealing behind the curtain of here at Open Life, like this whole established series has been adapted from the things that we've been learning in that course, but that we like as a staff and a pastoral team have been looking at over the past year, really. And, you know, in the pandemic, we have to answer questions about how is our soil as a church. And essentially what we are reckoning with is the importance of remaining with Jesus. Because apart from him, we will not have fruit. And so it's important for us to consider this is an individual thing as individuals who are part of open life, but also it's a church thing. And like when we all come together, how is our soil? And so the past seven to eight weeks of walking through this established series has been hopefully an introduction to you to take these conversations and questions very seriously. And so I was thinking about this as I was running up into hallway. Uh, about a week ago, I noticed that there's this like big new community garden in one of the parks there. And so as I was running around, I didn't go like look in it or anything or even get any details about it. So I'm just giving you the musings of my mind as I'm running. I just asked myself the question, how does that work? Like how, like do people have their own little plot? Do they have their whole little garden? Do they have just, you know, this half and that half? Like how, Who's in charge of the soil? Who's in charge to make sure it's being watered? Who's in charge of, you know, making sure that, you know, things are healthy and stuff. And as I was thinking about this and talking about this message, I was like, that's the question we have as a church is like, who's in charge of the the soil quality? Who's in charge to what happens when there's like things that are coming up that are might be corrupting the fruit and how do we address those things and walk those things out and it just got me realizing that if we are not rooted in Christ and we are not focused on him as a community that's important like we always do that we come together on Sundays we worship Jesus together we we're rooted in scripture we're very careful about what we talk about and what we're preaching on and making sure it's coming out of scripture but then what do we do on our own 
when we're not around the community of the believers during the week? Am I doing the soul care on my own? And are you doing the soul care on your own to say, I'm rooted in Jesus and I'm part of this community? Because what I hope and dream for and ask questions of is can open life be a church where people come to get their soils right? Can we be a church where we are able to share like our soils and what I mean by soils is our hearts with one another to help weed out the worries, the pleasures, the empty philosophies and the high sounding nonsense that is so prevalent in our world today. Can we be a church that is so committed to renewal that we're planted on the riverbank together and we know that new mercies are available to us every morning. That they're available to us today on a Sunday when we're together or we're online, but they're available to us tomorrow on a Monday when we're trying to live our lives and they're available to us in 50 years because we've done the hard work of discipleship together. Like, are we committed to that patient discipleship where a honest and good heart receives a seed, the word of God clings to it and is patient to see a huge harvest. And so our action point today, and just it takes a moment of honesty for you is to take a soil test in your own heart. And so I just have some simple tools for you to maybe do that. Last week, we talked about the prayer of examine and instead of just giving you that thing last week and then you forgetting about it, I want to put that back before you to say, go through that. The PDF is in the links of descriptions, find it. It's a prayer of examine. It's just a quick run through what it is. And then just add the question, how is my heart? Do I have fertile soil to root myself in Christ? And so I believe if you go through that this week, you're going to find that God speaks to you about things in your life where maybe there's rocks in your soil and you're not letting God go down deep. Maybe there's worries and fears that are like weeds that are choking out your faith. The second thing, and this is like a step further, one of the things that you could do today is print a PDF of the Emotionally Healthy Discipleship Personal Assessment. Everyone who's done Emotionally Healthy Discipleship has done some form of this, and it is gonna be a revealing opportunity for you to prayerfully consider for 15 minutes. You go through these series of questions, and you just answer them honestly, and then you get a, a thing at the end, and it, as you add it up and look, it's gonna tell you if you you are an emotional infant, an emotional child, adolescent, or an emotionally mature adult. And so some of you might not be ready for that. You go through the questions and you find out you're an emotional child or adolescent, and that's hard to hear. But I believe it could be a way for God to speak to you, and then also a way for us as a church to help like shepherd and pastor you through that. If you go through that and you're like, wow, I just found out I'm an emotional child in certain areas. Like I, we as pastors, me and Thad, John, whoever would love to talk with you about those things and really kind of put some resources in front of you to help that your soil affects the church's soil. And so then the third step, just consider joining us for Emotionally Healthy Discipleship this fall. 
this is our final week for this spring that we've gone through. And so we're the summer, you know, everyone's going to do their thing. But this fall, we're looking at doing uh, another round of emotional, healthy spirituality. And then there's also a course called Emotionally Healthy Relationships. And I just believe that if we do the hard work of discipleship, if we do the soil tests and we see where our weaknesses are, like God is gonna just see fruit come out of us as we do this together. We make sure our soil's right and we let the message of Christ move through our hearts. We love people better and God is gonna honor that and we're gonna see fruit that happens in our community. And so then fourthly, like let's just be people that are committed to soil work. I'm talking about worship, I'm talking about prayer, I'm talking about community, I'm talking about regularly attending open life, I'm talking about sharing our lives with one another. Let's be committed to soul work, committed to soil, like just like helping each other, like being gracious to one another through the things that they're walking through in their lives, being willing to pray for one another as they're going through tough times, being there in both in spiritual sense, but also in practical sense. It's time for us to join together as best we can. In the summer, as much as we like to think we're so busy, maybe it's a good time because your schedule is a little freer and you can connect with people and really let your roots grow down deep with everyone. And so I just want to conclude and say, if you've never made this choice, you would say like, I think I'm ready. I'm ready to start this journey and let the soil, like let the seed go down deep and let's find out what kind of soil I have. And then I'm ready to jump in, in this following Jesus thing and let my life be transformed. I want to pray with you today and I want you to make that decision. And then I want to connect with you and then hear about that and just see you grow into an immature follower of Jesus. And it's not going to be a cha-cha-chia, but it's going to be something that it just roots deep down inside of you. And I just am so excited for this opportunity. So let's pray together. God, I pray right now, God, for those who have never chosen to let your word sink into the heart, they've never made a decision to follow you. I pray, Lord, that today would be the day, that they would say right now, wherever they're watching, today I choose to follow you, and I choose to begin to let you work in my life, and I choose to tell someone about it at Open Life and uh, how they're going to help me with some practical steps to do that. I just pray, Lord, that you would speak to people as they're doing that right now. God, I pray for all of us as a church and a community. I pray that we'd be committed to soil work, that we would be committed to looking inside of ourselves and say, how does my heart condition affect the church heart's condition as we're in our community, as we're trying to be a place of love for people to come and experience you. I pray, Lord, that we would just be committed to having honest conversations. I pray this week as we either do the prayer of examine on a daily basis and just say, God, what did you teach me today? And asking the question, how is my heart? Am I, am I creating soil that's receptive to your word? God, would you speak to us? For those that maybe take the extra step of doing the emotionally healthy discipleship personal assessment, God, I pray, Lord, that you would use that tool. It's just a tool and use it to speak to someone um, to just maybe address some blind spots in their lives and address some areas where they can grow in you. And so, God, I just pray for our church 
as we head into summer, summer and as we uh, just have a Father's Day today, God, I pray that you would encourage and be with your people and that you'd help them to grow, root themselves deep into you, that they may build their lives upon you. Protect us as we uh, deal with the rocks and the weeds in our lives that try and distract us from you, but let us just be focused and uh, just on fire for you. And we ask this in your name. Amen. Well, thank you once again. Here's Dad with some final thoughts for today.